Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The British, more like the shittish. <laughs> Am I right? I don't like Willy. I do like Short Round. Hello, you're listening to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. Um, this is Bob Shoy, and with me I've got uh, two lovely gentlemen. Uh, say hello, Mr. Beef. I'm a lovely gentleman. <laughs> I don't like that already. <laughs> I really don't like that. And say hello, Mr. Tiss. Hello, Mr. Tiss. That's better. That's, that's more <laughs> on the level I expect. <laughs> I, could have, I couldn't have done it any creepier, really, could I? No, it was hor- horrible. Um, so we're going to be continuing our Indiana Jones series um, now. Listeners who are on the ball have had some messages. Some listeners are so on the ball. This will be a few days late. Um, as we're recording, it's supposed to have gone up today. No, yesterday. So as soon as I'm it, it'll be up. Um, and yeah, today I'm talking about the Temple of Doom, the second of the Indiana Jones films. And possibly the hardest one to talk about the artifact because it's not as straightforward as the others, not as um, obvious as Ark of the Covenant and stuff. So it's the um, the Sankara stones. Mm. Before we crack on, you guys did all right. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I've got a bit of a headache, but I've just taken some all paracetamol, right. so I should be all right. There's not a lot to talk about with the Sankara stones anyway, so this is probably going to be the shortest of the bunch, unless we keep going on tangents. But, Ten minute episode. Um, how much do you guys uh, remember of Temple of Doom or memories of Temple of Doom? I've never seen it. Um, I remember it being, and then when I saw it again, I remember it being the most racist one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely the most racist. <laughs> to the point where I found out today that it's actually banned in India. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, it's, all, it's not just the Indian aspect of this. It, I mean, Short Round is... I like Short Round. Mm-hmm. I like Short Round. Give us a quick rundown of the plot. Right, well, we'll do. We'll sort of go through the plot as we go, because, so, like all indie films... I, I can't believe, Tiss, you haven't seen The Temple of Doom. I, I feel like I have, but I can't remember it. I mean, I can't remember a lot, but this is really struggling. Is it the one with the kid in it? Yeah. This is the one. And there's a pla- is there a big plane? Is there a plane? Yes, there's something? a plane. The plane crash, yeah. And the the plane crashes down in India. And yes, there's a kid called Short Round. Okay, I've seen this one. Is there a woman as well? 
Yeah, but there's always a woman. There's always yes, a necky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is is there? Yeah, no. I think I've seen it. I think I saw it. I think I saw it with my dad at some point. Tears. That's not relevant, but yeah. There's uh, the the bit that always makes me laugh is right at the very beginning. There's the bit that uh, Limmy, like in one of his um, sketches. He does the, um, you know, when he drinks the poison at the start of the movie. What's that? Oh, the antidote. India. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> the poison you just drank. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, and they keep going yeah. on and on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, it does great. start, it does start in a nightclub. He's Indy's like returning from another mission, Um and this is, isn't this back. a prequel? Didn't they decide to... It's a prequel yeah. to... So it's set before Raiders of the Lost Ark. The reason why is because they didn't want to do two films in a row with Nazis as the villain. And in that time, it would still be like Nazi Town if they did a sequel that soon after. Nazi so, okay, Town. We'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to Nazi Town with the third one. But for now, <laughs> let's, let's take a step back. So you've got like a little bit more... So they stopped bashing the racists and became racist... Yeah. Thing is, as a went... kid, I loved this one. This was my favourite because I loved Indian mm. stuff, but I didn't realise that it's <laughs> right. like, you know, <laughs> some of it's not on. <laughs> yeah, but I guess... Did, did you like Apu as well as a kid? <laughs> I'd be interested to know what Indian <laughs> listeners think of this film because to me, it's like, oh yeah, it's the second indie film. And then when I watched it this time, you know, when I watched it last time, only last year, I was like, oh, this is weaker. This is a bit racist. This is a bit iffy. When I watched it this time, I kind of enjoyed it. Not the racist stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's good sure. to know. Sure. No, but it, it's, um, well, they they depict Indian people as eating monkey brains and stuff like that. But it, I, I suppose, like, and it's not to excuse it, but... It's a different time. It was made in 1984. Yeah. When everyone was racist in 18... I don't know. I don't see many people talk about, like, when people talk about old racist films, I don't see this come up that often. I think people just accept the But then having films. said that, having said that, I was watching um, Forty Towers the other night, and, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, you've, you've got the major who's just, like, obscenely yeah, racist. Yeah, he, he says some pretty rough stuff. But actually, I was like, it's clever the way it's written, because um, oh, you're laughing at him because Forty's like, oh, yeah, you can't say that anymore, Major. I'm pretty sure you can't. Yeah. Really. So it's like even in and that was like the late seventies. So even Forty knows that's not on. Yeah, like even, the idiot that is Forty is like, oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's the racist Major again. So actually, maybe me just saying, well, it was in the 1980s. Well, yeah, but I, I don't know. I suppose now it's, it's like watching lots of films. Now I struggle to watch some of the old films. It just sits differently. It's a bit ignorant. That's all. It is it, ignorant. Even the fact that even the fact that the artifact in question, um, the stones, are kind of made up, kind of a hodgepodge of different things. Like the first one, they got the Ark of the Covenant. We all know what that is. Mm. The third one, Holy Grail. We know what that is. Fourth one, Crystal Skulls. We've all heard of them. This one, it's like we want something Indian, and they kind of did their research a little bit, but not really, and just kind of took a few different things and squished them together into one thing that isn't really real. Yeah, is like ignorance, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, they couldn't work out like a proper ancient it feels a bit Indian lazy. artifact. They kind of made one up. Yeah. 
But I will be going into the things that the stones are based on and the things that they talk about in the film. So it there is there is origins to them. So like I said, when I was a kid, this was my favourite indie film. It's mad. It's way darker. It probably speaks to my uh, morbidity, but it's way grimmer than the other indie films. That's why some people don't like this one. It's way more violent. Yeah. Um, it's it's a weird one. And actually, it's un- it feels unnecessarily violent yeah. and a lot of it is in front of the kid yeah and it's and like i love it could be like incredibly violent and and then the kid will say something like oh indeed like or make make it light <laughs> careful with the short round of you're not please. gonna do them yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, i'd be cancelled i'd be so cancelled i i really do love short round though um, I love the the actor's the same kid who's in uh, the Goonies. He's like the tech kid in the Goonies. Yeah. And um, earlier this year, he was in Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is a fantastic film. So he's still in stuff, and he's great. I I remember enjoying Short Round when I was younger, and not so much this time when I watched. I didn't finish the film. I was saying I don't the- like I don't like Willie. That's the thing. I think because I don't like Willie so much, I like Short Round more. Yeah. Willie is the Willie is the the indie's girl in this one. Yeah, yeah. Right. The, the lady that's with him. She screams all the time, and it's really annoying. I looked it up. She screams seventy one times in this film. It's a bit much, isn't it? Jesus. Yeah, and even the actress was like, oh, the character's annoying. She, she, the Kate Capshaw, who played Willie, said uh, her character was not much more than a dumb, screaming blonde. Uh, but she did meet Steven Spielberg, obviously, who was directing, and they got married after this film. Are they still married? Um, I don't... I'm not going to look it up. I don't think so. So they... Mm, maybe that was the... On, I, I'm actually... I'm going to look Maybe it that up. was just the character's description. Just she went for She went for the audition, and it was just... The dumb screaming blonde was the, the like. <laughs> oh, yeah. they are still married. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It says that when I type into Google, is Spielberg still married to Kate Capshaw? It says when he's not directing the next next blockbuster hit, Steven Spielberg enjoys spending time with his wife Kate Capshaw, who they got married in 1991. So they met on this film. She is Willie in this film. Wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool bit of trivia. Thanks. Uh, I'll be dropping some more trivia in as the film, as the episode goes on. Like, fucking hell. Let's get through these notes. Um, I was like, we've got nothing to talk about, but here we go. So, Tiss, uh, I'll be recapping the film for you as we go, and for the listeners who aren't as familiar with this one. it's um, It starts off in Club Obi-Wan. And, um, what? In, that's the name of the nightclub that the film starts off in. No fucking way. Yeah, because it's it, there's loads of little nods to stuff. It's Lucas, isn't it? It's Lucas and Spielberg. That's ridiculous. So it is that it opens like a Bond film. He's in a suit. He's making a deal in a nightclub. They're like poisoning each other, like Limmy. Blood dribbles down. <laughs> yeah, it's very Bondy. <laughs> like it feels like the showgirls on stage. You know, it's all that he stuff. Pulls, he pulls the record, right? <laughs> a big Union Jack comes out. Clang. My kind of does happen in this. He pulls a ripcord and a, a raft goes up and they float out the crashing aeroplane. <laughs> What's the one where the laser beam goes up his jaffers? 
I swear we talked about that on the last episode as well. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. God, we're repeating ourselves. Right, so it starts <laughs> off. Indy's um, got the this urn. He's talking to a guy called Lao Che. He's got this urn he's been tasked to get for um, for Lao Che. And uh, Lao Che says, inside are the remains of Nohachi, the first emperor of the Manchu dynasty. I'm going to be ruining these pronunciations all the way through. But I looked that up. This is like a little prelude because India often starts to like Bond films do of a little pre-adventure. Like in the last one, oh, yeah. he goes for the the little idol, doesn't he? So in this, it's it's this um, these remains. But this is all real. The Nahachi was real. Um, he was he lived from 1959 to 15. No, sorry, 1559 to 1583, and um, he was the emperor of China basically. And this is the remains of him that Indy's gathering at the beginning of the film. So um, there are, there's more realism in that than the actual stones that come later in the film, the main MacGuffin. But in, in this nightclub, he trades the urn for a diamond, which is the peacock's eye, another artifact that I looked up to see if it's real. In the film, they say it belonged to Alexandra the Great. It didn't. This is, this is made up. There, I think the there was a TV series, wasn't there? The Young Indiana Jones Adventures, and they go into the backstory of the Peacock's Eye and blah blah blah. blah. But that's that's made up. That's not real at all. Hmm. I didn't know the other stuff wasn't. I thought the other stuff was all made up. To be honest. Yeah. So I, I'm not. I'm not familiar with you know Chinese history and all that stuff. So I don't. I'd never heard of Nahachi, But yeah, that's all real. Hmm. So that's uh, that's good. Hmm. But then they get in some hijinks, blah, blah, blah. Indy runs off with the girl on the stage. Not runs off her. They, she gets embroiled in the mess and they sort, she sort of escapes with him. Short round, pulls up in his car. They escape, jump on a plane. Plane starts going down and they crash down in India. And that's when the real story gets started. Right, so he's off another job and the plane crashes in the setting of the next bit. So it's yeah. not even another job. So he's he's just hoodwinked. He's on the way, but he's basically on the way home and crash lands into this plot. It's not like the other films where he starts, you know, he's a professor, he's at university, and then he goes off on a job. This is like yeah. he's on his way back and accidentally on the way back, there's a plane crash and he's thrown straight into disruption. It's another why why this one feels a bit weird because there's no scenes of him teaching, there's no scenes of him at the university or anything. It's just straight into the chaos straight away. Right. But when he's... In when he crashes in India, he comes across this village which is not doing so well. Um, you know, their crops aren't growing, their children have gone missing. It's not a good scene. It's a bit convenient, isn't it? The drops straight into the middle of that. Well, it is just just the right man for the job. But you mm-hmm. know, these things could be happening all over the world. No one would have that's, known. That's true. So, that's true. Had he not crashed, so he talks to the shaman of the village, and um, basically, the the sacred stone they've got has gone missing it's been stolen and since then you know all this trouble has overtaken the village the kids all that stuff and uh the stone is it literally just looks like a little stone test it's got three lines across it as indy says in the well indy this isn't real indy says in the film three lines painted across the lines represent the three levels of the universe um in this sacred stone i don't really know where they got that from Stone from here. Was the stone very smooth like a rock from a sacred river? Yes. With three lines across it, representing the three levels of the That's universe. That's right. Yes. 
but yeah, this this has been stolen, and he finds out that this is one of five stones. Um, and we find out later that two more of the stones were found beneath a nearby palace, Pankot Palace. Uh, Pankot is fictional. It was filmed in Jaipur at the Amber Palace. And they basically they also find out that all the kids have gone missing because this um, this guy has been putting all the kids to work in the mines in search for the other two stones so they can have the full set of stones. They've got three. They reckon there's another two buried below the cast of the palace. And the, they've got the kids mining. So it's slave labor. Like we said, this is darker than the other indie films. Mm. Um, whipping kids in the mines to, to find stones, basically. It's a bit like the Deathly Hallows. You've got to have all three to make them work properly. Exactly. And it, there, there is power from one of them. He does some crazy stuff in it. He pulls people's hearts out and stuff. Oh, yeah. I forgot about um, that. And, and it, the other stuff, that, this is what I mean. It gets messy where they're pulling Indian stuff because there is like um, a voodoo doll later in this, isn't there? Like voodoo stuff, which is... Yeah. It yeah. sound, sounds to me more like the Infinity Stones from Avengers. Is a little bit. Mola Ram is the main guy. He puts on a big thing, a big glove. He puts the Sankara Stones in them. Um, <laughs> but Clicks. he says, so Mola Ram, he says that when Minnie's um, given all five, the power to conquer all religions and the goddess, um, sorry, the finding all of them will give him the power to conquer all religions and that the goddess, who they are the cult for, uh, the thuggy cult who are real we'll go into that later um they will give the goddess kalima uh, the power to rule the world basically so he's all doing this for the cult it's a a religious cult i've seen stones like the one you lost but why would maharaja take the sacred stone from here this is we must pray to their evil god he says we will not Excuse me, I don't understand how one rock could destroy a whole village. Saying when the sacred stone was taken, the village wells dried up and the river turned to sand. The crops were swallowed by the earth, the animals lay down and turned to dust. Then one night there was a fire in the fields. The men went out to fight the fire. When they came back, the women were crying in the darkness. Lamai? Children. He says they stole their children. Um, so, Tis, any memories of like people in cults pulling hearts out of people or crazy stuff like indiana jones running around shirtless getting beaten up and it, it's mad but the sets are impressive as i get older the more i watch it now i'm like wow these these they really went for it in these old films to mm. say any cults yes yeah, cults all oh, right but you don't remember the heart being pulled that's what i always remember when i was a kid like the face melting in the first one i always remember that guy ripping that guy's no. heart out and he's like still beating in his hand no no yeah. i can't remember that too grim um no Bali Mangdi Kalima Mukti Degi Kalima 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 Shakti De Bali Chadhao Tiriyagi I feel like I w- was probably not watching it and then probably started watching at the plane bit. All, all I remember was a plane. A big that's, that's really plane near the with beginning. Four propellers. Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, no, that that is. That's what were you talking about. Because there's a plane in the, first in the third movie? one as well. It's like a seaplane. The, there's a plane in all of them, so yeah. this is where it gets more confusing. Yeah, no, maybe I was watching other ones. He gets on that plane that's at the beginning, it's the one that's kind of um it's It's like a cargo plane. Yeah, but it's being manned by people that, you know, they wait till they're asleep and then he they like Oh, that's right. Crash the plane, don't they? Yes. It's not yeah, it's not an accident that the plane crashes, it's a setup. They know Indy's in it, they parachute out and leave him to it. Mm. And he uh they get there's no parachutes left, so they get uh, like a rubber dinghy that's it and then they jump out and inflate it and the rim resistance from them sitting in the dinghy like slows them down enough oh and then they like surf it down the mountain and they go down the mountain yeah (laughs) it's bad lol (laughs) so this is so i'm sort of going to divide this into two halves so we're going to talk about how the sankara stones are used in the film which i did a little bit then and then we'll talk about what they're based on and what they're related to in real life so in the films uh in the film and this is from the indiana jones wiki so you know it's accurate. Yeah, exactly. According to legend, five stones were given to Sankara by the Hindu god Shiva. Um, again, the pronunciations, I've heard this be Shiva, but then I've heard, I always think of it as Shiva, but I was told today that it's actually Shiva. But please forgive us, everyone. Uh, on Mount Kalissa, along with the message that he should go forth and battle evil with them. The stones contain diamonds inside, which would glow when the stones are brought together as a way to recount the legend of Shiva emerging from the fiery pillar. The diamonds could give warmth and life, but the stone could be used only for fiery destruction for those who betrayed Shiva. Sankara used the stones to convert many in India to the worship of Shiva. After his death, however, the stones became lost, scattered by wars, and sold on by mercenaries over hundreds of years. By the 1930s, two of these Sankara stones sat buried underground beneath the palace of Pankot, while a second pair managed to fall into the possession of a thuggy high priest's son by the name of Mola Ram, which is the guy who pulls the heart out and is uh, getting these kids to dig around in the mines. The last of the five had ended up in a small village called Mayapur, which is where Indy crashed. Located in northern India, it was found in a river and revered by the people of Mayapur because it brought happiness and prosperity to the village. They called it Sivalinga or Shivalinga. It is served as the town's lingam. Now, lingam are um, basically stones that um, are used in Hindu religions as representations of the gods. So they'll have uh, a lingam which they will um, sort of pray to and stuff. But again, we'll come to that stuff later. This is just for the film film side of things. Uh, This lingam had three notches in the side representing the three levels of the universe according to their beliefs. Sivalinga was taken from Mayapur by members of the evil Thuggy cult under the command of Merla Ram, who who also kidnapped Mayapur's children. Without the stone, life in Mayapur withered and died in 1935. So I don't know where... These people who cultivate these wikis, all that information is the backstory for the stones in the film. But that stuff isn't all said in the film. So it's I don't know if the there's film. novelizations. Yeah, they're novelizations or or what that information's from. Maybe it's in the TV series that used to be on. I don't know. But it could just be like a deleted scene that someone found on a DVD deleted, as well. Yeah, that's true. You can get the scripts, can't you? Um, it might have been one of the original scripts, like the original screenplays, but it just gives you a bit more information that isn't given in the film. Because in mm. the film, Indy just says, you know, it represents the three levels of the universe, and he talks to that shaman. They have like one scene together, basically. And I'll, I'll put some of those clips in this episode for hours when I edit. What we do, Dr. Jones? 
what you think. I think that somebody believes the good luck rock from this village is one of the lost Shankara stones. What is Shankara? Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. It just goes to show the depths that people go to to build their wiki pages. Yeah, well, like, you know, it's fandoms created, don't they? Like, there are people who are diehard indie fans, just like there are diehard Star Wars fans and Marvel fans and you know, Star Trek like fans and all that stuff. A lot of these things are just fan theories that people have, like, badgered, badgered the director and the writers with, and they've just gone, yeah, yeah, that sounds Sounds fine. Sounds good. Yeah, Spielberg said it in an interview one time, so it's now. Yeah, exactly. Can. Yeah, Spielberg might have like alluded to it once, and it's that's it. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so where was I? Just a little bit more on this here. The thuggy priest Mularam had bought his two um, and Shivalinga to Pankot, so that's the th- three of the stones, and set them in an underground temple dedicated to the goddess Kali. Uh, located below Pankot Palace. With the final two two stones lying in the caverns below the palace, Mola Ram forced the kidnapped children to work in the mine to locate the last two stones, believing that with the power of the stones, Kali Ma would rule the world. The three located stones were placed in alcoves of a larger statue inside the temple until stolen by Indiana Jones while escaping the mines with the three stones. Jones was pursued by the thuggy to a rope bridge located, blah, 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 you know, that stuff, you know. That's when you... Indies escape, but that's um, that's how the stones are used in the film. Kind of a wishy washy, yeah. There's a set of five of them, and you know, Indian beliefs yeah. and all that stuff, and they need five of them, and it's a bit wishy washy. And I think even George Lucas and Spielberg themselves admit, like, actually, the artifact in this one was a little weaker than the others. It's a mm. little bit more wishy washy. Well, it's because they went for two killers with um, with the Ark and the Holy Grail. Like yeah. Two massive doozies. Even Crystal Skulls, I think, as an artifact is better than these. It's not a better film. It's a better artifact, though, because at least yeah. they're kind of real. It's not a mishmash of different things. Um, I was trying to see what Lucas said. Yeah, it's not a better film. Uh, Lucas quoted as saying that he afterwards he considered them too esoteric as an artifact, which yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that sounds sounds fair. That sounds like a fair evaluation. Um, oh, I've just I've just found this on the website as I was looking for that quote. So, um, although Lucas came up with the Sankara stones as a MacGuffin, screenwriters Willard Hook and Gloria Katz had a long-standing interest in Indian mythology and added colour and detail to the plot device. So Lucas came out of them and asked these two screenwriters, like, hey, you know Indian stuff, just link these to some Indian mythology. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, it's not, the, it's not the doozy, as you said, Beef, that the Ark of the Covenant is as an arc of artifact. That's a kind of a tough act to follow with that first film. Yeah, I think you probably got the hardest film, to be honest. Well, that's all right, because I did some extra digging. Okay. And I tried to find out what this stuff was based off of, uh, what it might be based off of, and um, basically tried to dig into some real-life mythology. Nice. But yeah, as it sounds so tis, none of this ringing a bell still. You just think you might not have seen this one. Yeah, I don't think I've seen this one, to be honest. Um uh yeah the one that i chose holy grail i think i've seen the most 
the other one that Beef did, I've seen like the intro and other stuff was ringing a bell. Well, Beef's one is so famous and iconic. You know it just from pop culture, I feel like. Yeah, Even exactly. if you haven't seen the film, when you then watch the film, you'll be like, oh, I've seen that in another film. Yeah. Every yeah. scene, you're like, What was yeah, the order this. in which they came out then? Was the, the f- order was we're the doing the last one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Crystal Skulls, the last one. Crystal Skulls. Wait, is that a real one? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's the one that Rick's doing. That's the one that came out like way after. It's the one that came out only like 10 years ago. Or 15 it's years got, ago. It's got Sheila Booth in it. Sheila Booth is short round. Sheila Booth plays Indiana Jones' son. It's really? Fam- yeah. It's a famously like bad film. People hate it. That's why we've given it to Rick as like, uh, Rick, you can host this one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Rick. Indiana Jones survives like a nuclear blast by hiding in a fridge. No fucking way. Yeah, it's mad. That. It's worth watching for how mad it oh, is. Oh, fuck off. Kay Blanchett has a questionable Russian accent all the way through. <laughs> oh. It's, we're covering this, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Crystal Skull. It's the Indiana film that we didn't, we didn't really need or want, I don't think. Yeah, and we're getting another one on top of that next I year. know. He can't, isn't he in his like, He's like late 80 70? He's 80, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. How, Harrison he's Ford 80. must be 80. Is he actually 80? Yeah, he's 80. He turned 80 this year. No, he's not. He must be like early yeah. 70s. I swear he turned 80 this year. And he's going to be in a new Indiana Jones film. <laughs> uh, hang on a second. Be sure to fact check this for us. <laughs> no, he is. He is 80. Yeah, he's, I know. <laughs> he's 80 this summer. 80. <laughs> Oh, here he is. There's a f- oh my word. There's a f- there's some yeah. There's some photos of him in Indiana Jones Five. Oh my word, mate! You need to rein it in. <laughs> I think the thing is, fair play on him. He's done so many like iconic franchises. I think he wanted one last go around for all of them. So he did Han Solo one more time. He did the Blade Runner sequel a couple of years ago, and now he's doing Indy again. I've been there with three most like famous characters, so he's like, "Fuck it, I'm old. I'm gonna retire. I want to do these three is he, iconic characters one well, last time." Didn't he do like Con Air? Is that another one he plays? The Fugitive. Oh, the Fugitive. I thought the Fugitive the was Fugitive. I love. I thought the Fugitive was uh, that grumpy actor, Tommy Lee Jones. Harrison Ford. Yeah, they're both in it. It's Tommy Lee Jones hunting down Harrison Ford. Oh. It's a banger. What's I love the... that film? Anyway, yeah. It's me and Rachel were watching. We weren't actually watching it. It just happened to come on telly for a little bit, a bit of Rod Stewart, and I was just like, "Oh, this guy needed to. This guy needed to pack it in." It's I just, don't know where Rod Stewart came from. You're just thinking of old people who need to pack it in. Yeah, basically, what it's was like, the um, don't need to do what it was anymore. The Indiana Jones, where Nicholas Page, Nicholas Cage plays uh, Indy's <laughs> brother. <laughs> And John Travolta plays a cop that's trying to um, <laughs> arrest him, and then they switch faces. Indiana Jones and the face-off. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the good movie. Because <laughs> that's a great movie. Yeah, it's wow. been a long time since I watched it. I, w- I, I just, watched some Nick do, Cage films recently. Are we going to do a face-off uh, Weird Tales? We'll do a Weird Tales based on the filmography of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I mean I'm when down. he when he did his when he came back as solo you know he yeah. could he could shift around a bit he was still but, old then that was but Indiana Jones he's like jumping from cars and 
He's not going to be jumping from cars. He's eight years old. What's he going to do in this one? He's just, it's just, it's going to be rubbish. I'm sorry. It's going to be him at his work, so it's him teaching at university because no one can yeah, retire. Yeah, it's an hour and a half of him teaching, yeah, teaching at his desk, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's him what, telling the stories of his ventures. I was going to say, and then it will like flashback. It will be like a flashback to. Do you know what? They could do that to get away with it. They could have like Indy in the classroom talking about one of his most famous adventures, and the rest of the film is a flashback with a young, another person playing a young version of him, and that's the big bait and switch. Or you just, yeah, just find an actor that looks a lot like Harrison Ford, and then you use that technology. Yeah, Sheila Booth. Like, uh, no, not Sheila Booth. Please, no. <laughs> Beef, you're the um, theologist. What's the? It's, I'm drawing a blank here. What's the religious text associated with um, Hinduism? Um, the ancient text associated with Hinduism. Yeah, like the Bible. Yeah. Oh. Um, right. The hin the like the Hindu version of the Bible. Oh, there isn't. They have got a few different ones. Oh, right. Okay. It's not okay. I'm not just being an idiot then. It isn't just like, you know, the Torah. You know, it's not the Torah, but, you know, the Torah, the Bible, all that stuff that like, is always famous text. It's not yeah, just it's... like there's a real famous one. No, there are multiple. Apparently, ones. the most ancient religious texts which define the truth for Hindus are the, the Vedas. The Vedas. V E D A S. Uh. Oh, yeah, the Vedas, the Samavedas. Okay. I was going to try and do a play on Tiss's Bible stories. Tiss's Vedas. 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 So, Tiss's Vedas stories. Tiss, um, tell us what you think the um, truth behind the real Sankara stones in real life could be, possibly. Based on the Vedas. Um, uh, okay, so Hindu history, uh, not history, belief. History, same thing, isn't it? They believe it's history. Um, is it Brahman? Brahman created... No, fuck, what is it? It's Brahman is cows, isn't it? Brahman... No, Brahman is everything. Brahman is God. I swear Brahman is like the God. And he or she or they had birthed like Shiva and... No, fuck, I'm totally butchering it. Again, the thing is, I, I, I do want to say to <laughs> listeners, I don't know it enough. Any Hindu to listeners, we respectfully apologize. butcher it. Regardless, like Christianity, I know it well enough to butcher it because I I know it. <laughs> you mentioning um, you mentioning Brahman and me saying about cows. That actually reminds me another reason um, this is kind of seen as uh, racist or sacrilegious is that Mola Ram, the main cult guy. He has that big helmet with the horns mm. on beef. You know the one? Yes. And that's made of a cow's skull, which actually in Hinduism, cows are sacred creatures. So um, that's a sacrilegious that's a big no-no. helmet for an Indian, Indian guy to be wearing. I think this is why cows are sacred, because I think Brahman is a cow, a cow's head, and it is like the god, like the unified one god. And then... Mm. Uh, like Kali, Shiva, Ganesh. Kali is what's all talked of these about in this are sons and daughters of Brahman, or maybe parts of Brahman. I mean, it's yeah, it's really interesting. Hinduism is fucking all really awesome. The it's, stories are crazy. It's like everything with um, 
sort of like Indian culture and stuff. I find it I find it really interesting, but it's incredibly dense to get through. It's why yeah. I never did an episode of Five Minute Folklore on Indi- on an Indian folklore story. I really wanted to, but they're so dense. There's no there's there's no short. I watch a lot of Indian films, and Indian films they start at like three hours. That's like a short one. Like they're every the storytelling is so dense. I feel I find in Indian culture, which leads to some great and interesting stuff. Mm. But um, I'm not going to condense one of their stories into a five minute thing for FMF. No, no, it's not worth it. Yeah, don't don't do a Lucas and Spielberg. And- no, I just oh, I'll work something out. So let's talk about what these could be in real life then. So they're not 100 percent real, like we said, but they they do have some real life connections. So um, Sankara is another name sometimes given to the Hindu god Shiva, who we've been talking about. So the Sankara stones. Um, and Tis just mentioned Shiva as well. Shiva's mentioned in in the film a lot, and we've mentioned it on the podcast. Shiva's the destroyer, but also um, the bringer of new life after destruction, uh, sometimes con- like associated with reincarnation. And again, I've done the research I can for this listeners, especially Indian listeners. If if I'm butchering this, just feel free to let me know and tell me off. I'm, I'm trying my best, like I say. It's dense. And these stones, which I said earlier, called Lingam or Linga, um, or Shiva Linga it can be used as a representation for Shiva used in worship. So if you place a, a lingam, you can have that as a representation of Shiva and, and you know use and and worship use it for worship. So that's kind of these stones could be seen as like Shiva Lingam. So they're like symbolic of the god that they're praying to. Yeah, it's kind of like how in the Ark of the Covenant. You know, you said, well, actually inside could be, you know, the power of God himself inside. It's almost like this film is doing the same thing with the idea of Lingam and saying, well, actually, these five are really special. And if brought together, they're the power of Shiva themselves. So it's it's kind of them trying to do a similar thing, but with Indian um, religious artifacts instead of instead of Christian ones. Yeah. So it's like symbolic that these stones carried the the presence of. Shiva and yeah, right, exactly. Okay, yeah. Uh, I don't know how much Indy's story. Uh, he talks to the shaman, the priest guy about about. He talks to he talks to the shaman about a priest meeting a priest meeting Shiva and stuff. I think from what I've seen, most people think that's fictional. I can't find any truth to that story that Indy tells in the film, so I don't know where that's going. This is a piece of an old manuscript. This pictograph represents Sankara. Gentle, gentle. This is hundreds of years old. Is that some kind of writing? Yeah, it's Sanskrit. Cut it out. It's part of the legend of Sankara. He climbs Mount Kalisa where he meets Shiva, the Hindu god. That's Shiva, and what's he handing the priest? Rocks. He told him to go forth and combat evil. And to help him, he gave him five sacred stones with magical properties. Magic rocks. My grandpa was a magician. He spent his entire life with a rabbit in his pocket and pigeons up his sleeves. He made a lot of children happy and died a very poor man. Magic rocks. Fortune and glory. Sweet dreams, Dr. Jones. Um, Mythology. There's also an Indian mythology um, that states that there um, were 12... Now, I don't know how to pronounce this. Jyotir? J-Y-O-T-I-R? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. So this this to me, 
I actually saw this in a YouTube comment of all places someone said about this. So there's an Indian mythology that states that there are 12 Jyotirlinga across India at temple sites where Shiva appeared to priests um, and that Shiva's presence is inside these lingams. So to me, that feels like, oh, instead of 12, they said five. And it feels like that actually could be the basis of what these stones in the film are. They're saying there's five stones, they're really sacred, they contain, you know, the spirit of Shiva, all this stuff. And actually there is a mythology that says there's these 12 special lingam uh, across India where in special places where Shiva appeared and that some embodiment of their presence was placed in these stones. And so it feels like it's that could be a real strong contender for where these idea of the... um, of the Shankara stones came from for the indie film. Yeah, it makes it makes sense, doesn't it? It fits. Um, the cult that are in the film that Mola Ram is is sort of leading, uh, the Thuggy cult, were real. I thought they were made up for the film, but they were a real religious cult. They really? Yes, they're not around anymore. Do you want to hazard a guess as to why? They, they've all been killed by Indiana Jones <laughs> by the Brits. Um, it's it's our lovely history with um, oh, Indian the culture where we like to swoop in and, and destroy people and destroy other people's culture. But yeah, in the 1800s, the um, the thuggy were wiped out by the Brits. Oh, that's nice. But the thuggy weren't necessarily good guys. They're credited with two million deaths. Yeah, so it was probably, you know, comeuppance, wasn't it? Yeah. They, they got their just desserts. They really did worship Kali. Um, which is uh, Tis mentioned Carly, and um, Carly is who they want the power of in the film as well. Tis, do you know anything about Carly? Yeah, Carly. Um, oh, again, it's really butchering it, but she cuts off the heads of men. She's got like a skirt made of like heads. I um, saw some cool depictions earlier. Some yeah, cool pictures. She. Um, ah, yes. Uh, is she married to Shiva? Um, I don't know. Okay. Uh, so there's there's a part where there's there's something in the in the Vedas where Kali is like on a rampage because she's the god of war, and right. she's like sh- like stepping on everyone, just fucking killing them, just destroying shit. And then I think it's Shiva or her lover, one of them, um, lays in her way, lays in her path to try right. and stop her. And she, she goes to step on him. And that's the depiction where you see her with her tongue out. It's like, eh. oh, she steps, nearly steps on him and stops on the rampage. It stops her rampage. But again, see, because I don't know enough about it, I don't know whether what Tis is saying here is bang on or for like any Hindu listeners, this is the equivalent of Tis's Bible stories. Yeah. Where, where Christians are like, he's kind of close. It's definitely the equivalent of that. It's it's butchering it a little bit, but I think it's it's enough to I, be like Yeah, oh. but that's what your Bible stories are like. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I have about um Kali is um sometimes referred to as the black one. Uh, the god of time, giver and destroyer of life, either associated with death and violence, which I think that what you were talking about, or uh, the redemption of the universe. Wow. Mm. So again, incredibly dense. I love it. Yeah. It's just so 
dense. It sounds bipolar. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> well, you know, death and resurrection, it's all linked, baby. Yeah, get away. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you, sometimes things need to die to start anew. Yeah, all right. That sounds like a line from the film. No, it's not. Oh. It could be. If, um, yeah, so th- that's who the thuggy worshipped. It's contested whether or not the killings, like I said before, the two million deaths that they're sort of credited with, are actually religiously motivated because they're a religious cult. So some believe that, you know, they were all religiously motivated killings. Some believe that actually the thuggy were were bad buggers and they just used to kill people and steal it in the name of religion. Like steal from people, steal from travellers. So Well two million is a lot of people. It's it's a hell of a lot. It's it's a hell of a lot now, but in the what, seventeen hundreds? Uh, they were they were wiped out in the eighteen hundreds, but yeah, they were probably active in the seventeen hundreds. Like that's that's a lot of people. Mm. To I don't know how they credit those deaths to them. Like I don't know how the re- how far the re- records go back and stuff. But it might have been that might be made up by the Brits. You know, oh they killed two million people, so we had to wipe them out. Yeah. So yeah, it gets muddy, doesn't it? Bloody Brits. Yeah, it does sound like something we would do. Yeah. I mean, I would, nothing surprises me when I hear about the, um, England's the br- history. The British, the British, more like the shittish. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> that's kind of the start of the episode. Wow, uh, that's just <laughs> yeah. No, mate, have some pride. Ooh, offensive to the British. Grow up. Have some British pride, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no British pride. The British can fuck themselves, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, so the thuggy, the way they're depicted visually in the film is completely fictional, though, um, especially down to murder arms. Like I said, this cow skull hat is definitely not what a um, religious Hindu cult's going to be wearing. And um, yeah, that's that's all I could gather for like what the possible basis of the um, Sankara stones in as a real life, what they what they what a real life artifact they could have been based upon. That's mm. kind of all I could dig from it. But it feels like it's just a mix of different bits of Indian mythology and stuff that they pulled in. Like I said, Lucas came up with the idea of these stones. He said to these people working on the film as well, who knew a bit more about Indian mythology, a bit more, saying, can you link this? <laughs> yeah, more than him and Spielberg. Not actual Indians, no, just they were, people. They didn't actually ask, like, a Hindu person. Oi, oi Dave, you been to India? Yeah, yeah, come here, mate. <laughs> That's what come it feels in. like. They had a passing injury. They went on holiday there for a, for a weekend. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> they went to Goa. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, he, they they sort of linked it to some Indian mythology. But Tis, you've been to India, haven't you? I have. I just I remembered. Advise on a Spielberg film, but I have been. Well, you might know. I was going to say you might know more than the people he asked. Uh, maybe. I mean, I don't know a lot. But maybe, <laughs> by the sounds of it. Hang on, when did you go to India? Uh, when I went travelling. When I yeah. was in. When, when I went to Vienna to Australia. Oh, yeah. of course, yeah. I've, I've, you've been, and you, you haven't been to India, Bob. I've been to Sri Lanka. Okay. Yeah. Which is actually where they filmed this because they didn't let them film it in India. Uh, yeah, I wonder why. Um, <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, so I'm kind of the odd one out. I've, I've yeah, I would actually. I lo- I loved Sri Lanka. Really, really loved it, and I would like to um, visit India at some point. Um, love Indian culture and all that stuff. Yeah, 
like we said, um, I do want to know. I know we've got a few Indian listeners. So, guys, when you lived in India, if you do live in India, was this film on in India? Because from what I've seen, it looks like it was banned. Um, one, the cow skull helmet, the depiction of Indian people eating things like monkey brains, which it shows in the film, and then an Indian, the guest being like, ooh, disgusting, all the food they're eating and all that stuff. I always saw that film as like, it's not them saying this is what Indian people eat, it's like what these, this like Mola Ram and his like weird entourage eat. Mm. So I didn't see that as a as a, an, an idea of what all Indian people eat. But um, so that scene, I think, was what people point to. They're eating like eyeballs and soup and stuff. Yeah, I think that's just they've come across a weird cult. I think it's more the mashing up their mythology into making just into a fun artifact. Whereas mm. when they did it with the Christian thing, they used the Ark of the Covenant like a real artifact. And like we said, we were actually impressed by how much they actually dug into the facts of that. And there was a lot of stuff that was an accurate depiction. Whereas for this. It's just sort of like mash some Indian stuff together. But yeah, like there's a, this is possibly, I, I couldn't get confirmation of this, but I was thinking that's possibly why it was filmed in Sri Lanka. Like the Indian government might have been like, no fucking way. Mm. Yeah, you might be right. Listeners, I would like to know um, if you have Indian uh, heritage. Were you familiar with this? And what do you think of it? If you've seen it since, do, do you find it offensive? Um, I would actually be genuinely interested to know. So there we go. That's my notes. I thought it was going to be a shorter one than the others because, like I say, there's it's not a lot to go on. But I do, st- I do still enjoy this film. I know it's a mess. I go up and down on it. Like sometimes I watch it, and I'm like, "Now nah, this is the worst. This is worse than Crystal Skull." And then actually, this time, just based on the filmmaking aspects, looking at the sets and stuff, I was like, "This is fucking metal. This is awesome." Mm. No, it's still it's still a good mm. film. It, yeah, no, it's still a good film, and it, it's not it's not worse than Crystal Skull. I don't like Willy. I do like Short Round. That's that that clip's going at the start. <laughs> I don't like Willy, but I do like Short Round. Yeah, no, she's too screechy. But I also, sorry, I know this is probably unpopular, but I I find Short Round really irritating as well. Uh, I just maybe I have a fondness for the actor. Yeah, maybe. But I swear, there's a few times in the film where even Indy's getting annoyed with him, and I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. This is doing. I like they they got like a buddy relationship. I like it. They play well, they cards. Do, they and do stuff. by the end. Maybe maybe towards the beginning when he picks him up in the car. Also, he's in a car. Yeah, they because just... it implies they they know each other already. They've got like a implied history, haven't they? Oh, I like it. It's... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's he's true. there to pick him up. I like it. I like short round. I'm a short round defender. But but maybe might just be in comparison to Willie, who I'm not a fan of. No, and I, I thought that for some reason, when I watched it again, I thought she died or something earlier in the film, but she's. Well, I was getting confused with the first film. No, she just she gets like dumped fakes her death. on and stuff by the elephant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still quite surprised that they still. You know, they still. It's not like they completely just made up any old gobbledygook. Like, it sounds like it's actually come from something. It's come from That's something. what I find weird. I'm wondering how much of it is based on that stuff. Because that was like quite a deep cut, that stuff I found, which was the most like it, like the 12 special lingam and stuff. Maybe they were told to change it. Maybe they had it more accurate and then they were told to adapt it. But I'm wondering if they just, it's just, it's similar, but by happenstance. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I suppose. Because it feels too close to that, to not, directly reference that unless like you say they're asked to change it if if the indian government were like we don't like what you're doing with this film and stuff 
as it is. I don't know. Yeah. But there we yeah. go. Temple of Doom. It's a weird one. It's the it's the weirdest. It's a weirder film than Crystal Skull. Oh, is it? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'll also, I'll always feel bad about Crystal Skull. I I mean I can't. I I also can't believe Tiss didn't think it was a real film. They were just making it up. The um the thing I just remembered. They the thing that I did couldn't find any links to is they say in the film um when the rocks. I can't remember who says this. I've got the quote here. The legend says, when the rocks are brought together, the diamonds inside them will glow. There's nothing about the diamonds inside these lingam in anything I could see. That's just... Right. That feels like a Lucas thing. Lucas just liked the idea of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. You betrayed Shiva. You betrayed Shiva. You betrayed Shiva. Well, okay. It's really interesting still. It's really interesting to listen to. And I suppose that's that's for us to just think about, isn't it? Like, oh, where, did they get asked to change that? Or was it that was just a coincidence that they happened to be mm. the same? Or similar enough, anyway. And despite it being not as sensitive to... Indian stuff as it could be, I do still like it for its Indian setting. Um, yeah, because I like Indian stuff, so it's to me. I still have a soft spot for it because of that. Like the first one and the third one are kind of very similar, and the, mm. you know, they're, they're so there's a lot of um, I suppose because they start with him at the university and then he's going off, and it's there's a lot of stuff surrounding like Christian beliefs and stuff. They have, they're very mm. similar. They both have Nazis in. This feels like a weird like the odd duck in the middle. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But Tiss, I know you haven't got round to watching Raiders of the Lost Ark or Temple of Doom for these. Yeah. But I yeah. hope you are actually going to watch Last Crusade before you do your episode on... Oh, definitely, because it's a good film. It's the best one. It's my favourite. It it's my favorite. easily the best one. It's not even fucking close, because... Because you got Sean Connery. When they're trying all those different things and one of them face melts, it's mad. It's mad. And I think the story's a lot more, like, famous isn't it the holy grail that is like it's probably the most well-known artifact off the to the man on the street it's the holy grail isn't it i mean that that's like a saying isn't it like the like like when you when you say something's like a good item in uk you say it's the holy grail of this monty python and the holy grail like reverb pedals it's the holy grail of reverb yeah don't don't watch that one by mistake don't watch monty python and the holy grail don't watch monty python and the holy grail (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna watch both of them Um, I can't. I can't remember if there's other artifacts. Is in the that Monty one. Python and the Holy Grail the one where it's the Knights who say knee? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's the best Monty Python film as well. So the Holy Grail is is the 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 brand sort of the quality brand on any film. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Mission Impossible: The Holy Grail. That's the next one. You could just is add it one? on Harry Potter and the Holy Grail. That sounds like well, it could be if, real. If if they had yeah. one, it would be the best of the series. That's that's a fact. James Bond on the Holy Grail. <laughs> right. Anyway, this is uh, let's wrap up the episode. <laughs> so that was uh, Temple of Doom. That was the Sankara Stones. And uh, next time, Tiss is going to be talking about the Holy Grail. Yeah. Um, looking forward to that. Now, when we say next time, I'm, I actually forgot I need to say this. Listeners, there's going to be a break because we haven't got time to record these before I go on holiday. Blame me. I'm going to, ho- I'm going to Florida and I'm going to um, New Orleans as well. So 
listeners from Louisiana and and uh, Florida, let me know what I should do. So there's going to be a delay. There will be. It's going to be like a month between <laughs> before you can have an, the rest of this series. But <laughs> you've still got uh, Last Crusade and King, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull to enjoy. Um, the best and worst Indiana Jones films back to back. We're saving the worst till last. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Rick's ecstatic to be left with that one. <laughs> oh, Rick will do a good job. He's so enthusiastic. He'll do a good job. He'll do a good job. But when he said he's, when I told him which ones that we were doing, before I even <laughs> told him, he was like, oh, I'm fucking doing Crystal Skull, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when we get a choice to do any of the three, I mean, <laughs> what are we going to choose? Exactly. Not Crystal Skull. I mean, I, I don't even know it fucking existed until today. You know what? If you didn't know it existed, you do owe yourself to watch it, I think, before it. No. Because it's fascinating. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's your punishment. God. And I actually like some of the stuff that people hate about it. I actually like. I'm. I'm not. I don't love it, but I'm a little bit of a Crystal Skull defender. There's stuff to like in that film. No. Yeah. I can barely sit through good films. It goes in strange places that you would never imagine it goes in. The answer to <laughs> the answer for what the Crystal Skulls are will knock you off your will knock your socks off because you will not okay. be what you're expecting. I'll have to find the perfect opportunity to. Yeah, that, that needs to be your punishment for not knowing it existed. You've got to watch it. So <laughs> <laughs> sort of the cinema. I think I went to see it with you at the cinema. No, we talked about this last time. I saw it in Weymouth and oh, Chris O'Dowd yeah. was sat in front of me. Yeah, oh yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. I mentioned that last time. Was he well O'Dowd? Oh, he said you, that same thing you last, last time. time. Oh, you said the for same fuck's sake. fucking gag and it wasn't even good then. <laughs> oh, you should be ashamed of yourself. Is this how predictable our friendship's got? At least I'm consistent. We're going. We're, we're fucking churning in circles. There's been three bad gags that we've made previously on this one episode. <laughs> right. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to get in contact, you can do so uh, directly on the email, which is wtatupod at gmail.com or through the website, which is weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com. Go on the website. All the stuff's there. Um, links and this, that, and the other. You know where to find us. Find me on Twitter at Bob Shoy at B O B S H O Y. You won't find the other guys on there because they got out while the going was good and left me on my own. Yeah, I've not looked back, mate. No, don't miss it. And if you want to see other stuff I've worked on, other podcasts, go to bobshoy.com. I haven't done an extra show this year because I've enjoyed my summer, and that's it. So thanks for listening, everyone. I didn't. I, you know, what I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting about the ending puns. There isn't one, is there? Uh, we don't Didn't want to do, do anything like racist. Archaeology. No, you later. tried to do that and it was rubbish. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's, there's nothing good, is there? I can't be bothered. No. Temple of. Um, yeah. See you later, everyone. Love you lots. Bye. Love you. Bye. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Thanks Bye. for coming. Bye. 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 We've become with the puns like we did the first time when we started doing them originally. We said we should bring them back. They were fun. Now, literally, only like a few episodes in, it's like actually they suck. We, we stopped doing them because they're impossible, and you forget yeah. to come up with them when you plan the episode, and then on the spot they're too hard. They only fit yeah. in every so you know every so often. The names every Bond. Every time you can Indiana Jones, think of the one. Bond. Oh. Jones the Bond. Oh dear. <laughs> See you later, everyone. Catch you later. But...
<laughs> I fucking do. Hello everyone. Apologies for the recording quality. I'm just recording this straight onto my laptop. We're doing a real last minute edit to get this one up. But um, we realised that this episode uh, ran a little bit short because of the nature of the Sankara Stones and them being completely made up. Um, there was less to talk about, but during recording we did go off topic maybe a little bit even more than usual. And um, very astute listeners um, know that Normally, I chuck in a little bit of extra off-cut waffle after the outro music. I'm just letting you know there's going to be a little bit more of that this time. But I'm also warning you that towards the end, it gets, um, let's say, a little bit scatological. So if that's not your bag, baby, um, feel free to tune out. We're going to talk about some James Bond stuff. We're going to talk about wearing sunglasses. And then after that, it gets a little bit, um, well, scatological. So... Poo-poo talk. If you don't like that stuff, get out, because uh, we talk about some rough times that Tis had on his uh, visit to India. And, um, yeah. Anyway, just a warning. Enjoy all the uh, waffle and piffle. Love you. I watched some old Bond films recently. Um, I don't like old, I watched some old Bond films recently and I don't like old Bond films at all. I find them really cheesy. Did you watch Jones the Bond? I did watch Roger Moore. I did watch a Roger oh, Moore yeah. one. I've never watched a and Roger Moore necking. one or a Timothy Dalton one. I watched one of each. The Roger Moore one was awful. The Dalton one was awesome. Okay. Roger Moore, he does Roger Moore than the other Bonds, doesn't he? License to kick. It was License to Kill that I watched. <laughs> License to keep. <laughs> I watched because I watched the one that was set in New Orleans because I'm going there in a couple of weeks, and I watched the one that was set in Florida because I'm going there in a few weeks. Right. So I watched um, Live and Let Die, which was awful. He's and um, License to Kill, which is awesome. He's he's a bit he's a bit rapey, isn't he, James Bond? Oh, Roger Moore is terrible. He's the worst Bond. He That's all, what he, he doesn't spy. He doesn't spy. He just stumbles into traps. Every two minutes, he stumbles into a trap. He's the worst spy in the world and puts his arm around a woman again without any sort of... And Roger's a... Modicum of consent. He just... Roger... Yeah. He wants to give more Roger in. I know. Exactly. It's terrible. The worst Bond. I've never watched another Roger Moore. There are even points in some of those old James Bond movies where the woman's there like, no, James, no. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. He grabs... He does that like old-fashioned... Like aggressive pushing his face into kiss. Yeah, it's, Jesus. it's a bit much. Whereas Dalton, the the girl that Dalton hooked up with was like a spy and they thought each other was awesome. She was like as capable as him. License to Kill is the best Bond film. It Fair felt enough. more like a Mission Impossible film. What's License to... What happens in that one? Um, it's basically like um, drug smugglers um, around Cuba and the south of Florida. Who's the, who's the baddie? 
Um, I can't remember his name, but he was Bandy. he was just like a Cuban oh, drug guy. Best best Bond film. Can't remember the villain. The vi- the villain wasn't. It wasn't about the villain. Oh, do you know who was in it as super young though, as his henchman, uh, Benicio del Toro, was like the henchman. He's super young, really? so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, License to Kill recommendation. Did you ever see the latest Bond movie? Yeah, I did. I know you hated it. I liked it. I really, really, really hated it. I know, but I hated Spectre. So after Spectre, I was like, oh, this is better. I really hated Spectre. Yeah, I I wasn't that fond of Spectre. Skyfall was good. Skyfall Um, and Cinderella are very good. I like Javier Bardem. Um, Quantum of Solace was pretty bad. Quantum of Solace is just kind of boring. Yeah. It's not amazing. It's not awful. Cinderella's awesome. It's weird, like, in... Was, is it like for such time... a famous series? A lot of the films are fucking dog shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Is it No Time to Die? Is that the name of the? Yeah, last that's one? it. Like there yeah. were some quality action sequences. I yeah. just hated a lot of the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mind it. I didn't love it because I don't love Bond films. I just was like, that's alright. I don't know what all the fuss is about. Again, that's another thing that I feel like I get nostalgic, and then I watch them. And I'm like, oh, he's just like a rapist. Yeah, they're rubbish. There's not very many good ones. Yeah. For me now, the good ones are Skyfall, Casino Royale, License to Kill, and yeah. GoldenEye for nostalgia purposes. But if I watched it again, it's probably not very good. And the way he treats Money Penny as well, like yeah, don't know, don't like it. It didn't feel again. It didn't sit comfortably. I've never watched Goldfinger though, which is like the famous one. Have you ever seen Goldfinger? Yeah, I have seen Goldfinger. Yeah, years ago. Is it good? Not really. Uh, well, I didn't. I didn't. It's like the most famous one, isn't it? I'm just not really. I think I, I started watching Bond movies when I saw Pierce Brosnan, and then I is Sean Connery good? I watched the Sean Connery ones. I watched a few of the Sean Connery ones. They, I mean, he is classic. He's classic, but they're not very good films. Still, N- no, I told but you he's the only the, the only Sean one. Connery one I watched was um, You Only Live Twice. And he washes up on a Japanese island, and to infiltrate the base, they make him look like a Japanese person by sellotaping his eyelids into slits. And I was like... That's crazy. This is just, oh, well, classic Bond, love these films. They tanned him up. They, like, darkened him up and put sellotape on his eyes. Yeah. That's crazy. It's mad. There's, they also That's do crazy. that in... Um, Ricky, uh, Ricky... Mickey Rooney does that in... Um... But it's like really bad. They put sellotape on his eyes. <laughs> Ricky Ricky. I'm just thinking of him from The Simpsons. <laughs> Jiminy Jillikers. <laughs> Jiminy Jillikers, radioactive man. It's Mickey um, Rooney. Yeah, they're yeah, not very they, good, those Bond films. No. No, I, I think it's... There were some impressive bits. Like, I watched Goldeneye. That was on a couple of weekends ago. Is it still good? Does it hold up? Um, I think I think so. It's Yeah, I remember it being a good, good one. I like the bit where him and Sean Bean like are coming to blows. Yeah, that's good. And he's like realizes he's double O eight, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, good. Yeah, and they, they fight around that big satellite and he falls the, and the Goldeneye. <laughs> the Golden Yes, yeah, the, <laughs> the Golden Eye. The titular Goldeneye. The big you know, the big satellite. <laughs> The title of the movie. <laughs> James Bond in the big satellite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've, for the last 15 minutes, we've just been talking about Bond. This isn't even the episode anymore. This is going after the credits, if, uh, if I even leave it in. I'm going to upset all the Bond fans now. Can you imagine Shirley Bassey singing Big Satellite? I mean, she would just sing it with the gusto. She sings everything. It'd probably sound fine. 
Bank satellite. Yeah, I've been annoying Becca ever since I watched those Bond films, though, because I can't get just like it's not the dun 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 dun. It's not that tune. It's the that's always in the background that gets in my head. Oh right. I can't get out of my head. <laughs> yeah, I bet she loves that. It's a really silly tune. Yeah, it's like literally. What is it that they. Is it called a mute that they put in the end of a trumpet to make it like in jazz? Oh, bands? is that what it is? Them like plastic things that look like an anal. Yeah, dish. and you squeeze them and they go. <laughs> it's that kind of. It's the same kind of sound, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it just kicks in. You know what, that Bond theme though, where it's like dun 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 You watch them old films, and when that starts kicking in, you're like, oh yeah, he's cool. It makes you think he's a good spy, just because they put that music under what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. I was reading a, a fan theory about Bond uh, yesterday, actually, uh, which is basically just that he's a decoy. He's a decoy spy to take to take the attention off of the real spies that actually go in and do... Yeah. Yeah. Because he's shit. That's why I like that Timothy Dalton one. He was like, it was like a good spy movie. He was being a spy. I wasn't used to it. So Dalton yeah. is my number one Bond, actually. It's, it's George Lazenby is the letdown. He only did one. Yeah, there's a reason he only did I've, one. I've never watched that either. Timothy, I think Timothy Dalton did two or three. He only did two. I need to watch Living Daylights now because I actually like Licence to Kill. Ah. Yeah. I love that he's also he's in Hot Fuzz. That's, that's just... He's so fucking funny in Hot Fuzz. I love that. He's so fucking funny in Hot Yeah, Fuzz. he's amazing in Hot Fuzz. He's so funny in it. When he rolls past in that car and it's like playing fire and he's like smarmy out the window, I think it's so funny. His expressions in that film are just killer. Yeah, he's so mm. good. The way he's like smiling, it's like... Oh, I can't remember the quote, but it's like... It's so funny. Yeah. It did make me want to watch Hot Fuzz when I finished that film. I've got new glasses on, guys. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're nice. Yeah. Very snazzy. Thanks. Thanks. I've also got prescription sunglasses for the first time in my life. Ooh. Yeah, for Florida. Nice. Okay. Lovely. They're really nice. I've I've never had like good sunglasses, but actually now I understand why people wear them. Try them on. What sunglasses? Yeah, I never really wear them. <laughs> oh, no, mate. They're not in there. I think I've, <laughs> you understand I think the utility I've now. The car. To... I um I've never worn sunglasses before. Maybe yeah, maybe the last ugh, three years, I guess, since I've been working on roofs. Yeah. Uh, in the sun, I've started to really understand the utility of it, and I I, I now realise that. When I've been out in the sun and got a headache from being in the sun too much, yeah, that's not just the heat. That's my eyes squinting yeah. and fucking hurting my brain from squinting yeah. so much. I was wondering why I was always squinting. I just thought like, oh, I'm quite squinty. And then as soon as I got your sunglasses, I was like, this is amazing. I've had them for two weeks now and I'm just like, man, what, what was my life before sunglasses? Why didn't you have sunglasses? <laughs> I don't understand. Is it because people who wore sunglasses look a bit... You know what, no... Like- I never wore them because I found them uncomfortable, right? And then I always had it in my mind that I don't like sunglasses. But now I wear glasses. It's not like it's a new thing. I've worn glasses for like four and a half years now. And I've only just thought, oh, maybe I should try sunglasses again because I'm used to the feeling of it. And I put them on. I was like, this is amazing. I get it. That's such a less judgmental reason than me. 
You were going to say you look like a posing wanker. Uh, I wouldn't have been that that well. That's close. what you're implying, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was very ignorant in my youth, and all the people that I met who had sunglasses on tended to be fucking dickheads. I suppose when someone's wearing sunglasses while talking to it is considered rude, isn't it? It feels weird. It depends. It? What do you mean? That's what I do. I don't know when someone's talking to you and you can't see their eyes. Not when it's really sunny, but if someone's wearing sunglasses just as a fashion statement and they're using them while talking to you, you can't see their eyes. There's I like a bit to of see people's eyes dynamic when I talk to there. Them. It's a bit. If someone was wearing beef, <laughs> does beef is flabbergasted. By yeah, I can't understand. Like if someone was if someone was wearing them whilst we were talking inside, then that I would consider that a bit odd. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. If you're just outside and it's a sunny day, oh, crack on. Well, that's what I'm saying. Not not in the context of a sunny day. Yeah, if you're just wearing, wearing it like as a in youth, the middle of as a, November, as a fashion statement. Not November, <laughs> Chris, but just Chris this e- morning around the tree. E- even on a sunny day, but maybe like, yeah, not in the sun, and you've just kept them on for the crack. Well, that's the thing because they're prescription. I'll like pull up somewhere when I'm driving. I'll go into a shop, and then I realise when I'm in the shop, I'm still wearing sunglasses. So I'm now I'm rethinking about people that wear sunglasses indoors. I'm like, oh, they just forgot to take them off. Like I've got, I've still got them on because they're prescription. I forgot yeah. on to put my normal glasses on to go in the shop. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. I think I was just being judgmental. Wow. Anyway, I'll probably yeah. put all this after the credits because this is really dull. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I don't cut it, no, I'll leave it. <laughs> I don't think I can go to India. No, not because they won't let me in. Uh, the way you said that is like you're banned. Yeah, I know. I don't think they'll let me in there. <laughs> <laughs> There's um. They won't let my type in here. You you have you have to cut this out because it's too cliche and too. Is it about you getting the bad guts? I would absolutely 100% get horrific, like, dysentery if I went what, to like India. What, like, dissed it? I, um... I <laughs> was, died. It was died. You was coming. yourself fell to death. It was coming back at both ends, hard. <laughs> <laughs> was, I remember when you got back to this, we were talking about it. You talk, you, I always remember you telling me this story about how the toilet was outside and you felt so bad. You were, like, crawling on the ground or something. You felt like you were going to die. No, I was, the toilet. I was running. I, was, I had to keep running to the toilet. And there was a, there was a turf war between the monkeys and the um, dogs. <laughs> and there was just these monkeys like flying through the trees above me. Dogs barking all over the place. And just the crazy thought of like, this is mad. This whole war between these two is mad. But I can't even concentrate on that because I'm fucking dying. Like, like, you know, when the pain is so much, it's like, yeah. I'd love to like, just enjoy this for what it is. But I can't. And it was coming out of both ends, and I'm not joking. Like at the same time, you couldn't, you <laughs> didn't know which hole to put ends. on over the toilet. You don't know which hole to put over the toilet. Oh, it was mental! <laughs> Do I have to cut this? <laughs> they need, they need to put two toilets in their toilets. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I do think 
I do think we have quite a basic palates in in England, I think. And I am, well, it's I just do our think... stomachs are not used to it. We've no. not got the flora, the gut flora to handle it. No. And that's not a criticism of them. That's a criticism of us, really. I, I, mean... I think I, I do okay because I do a lot of Indian <laughs> cooking and I make my own pastes and all this stuff. I, I And I go to the Indian supermarket and it's buy, not buy my the same. It's I, not the I did same. I did a little... I've done Unless some... you cook it with your fucking hands, it's not the same. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not a criticism, just... It's just the way it is. Like, it's a cultural thing. There's it's a, not a criticism. It was a, it was a, I didn't yeah. get bad guts in Sri Lanka. I, I well, I told this guy at fish, and he got his wife to go out on a boat and catch me a fish out the river, and then he cooked it for me. There's a, there's an Indian guy in our church, um, or well, there was an Indian guy in our church. He's moved, I think he's moved back, um, but he he's um, he had some other friends of ours over for um, it wasn't Christmas Day, but it was like near Christmas. So he invited our friends over. He's like, oh, come over, and I'll cook you. What I would eat at home for Christmas Day. Mm. And he was like, don't worry, I'll make it mild. Like, it won't be spicy, it'll be fine. So they went over and they said it was just like, there must have been like eight or nine dishes with all these different things Mm. in. They were like, wow, this looks incredible, we're so excited. And they said they got like the first dish they tried and they were both like instantly... My mate Danny was like, I, I basically lifted the fork up to my mouth and my eyes were streaming already before I put the fork in my mouth. I love it. And he was just like, he's like, they couldn't eat it. And he was like, well, this is this is mild. This is nothing. And he said he looks across at his other friends who are like sat there like eating it like cereal, just like wolfing I down. I reckon this- I could do it. Get me an invite. I could do that. Uh, no. I love spicy food. I love Indian food. I'll I don't want it. it if it's that if it's so hot when I like if it's so hot that I can't I've, taste it then what's the point? I feel like I've changed my palate though. I feel like I've destroyed it a little bit because I yeah. eat a lot of spicy food now. We don't eat spicy food because of Joel. Joel doesn't do spicy food, so it's not because of Joel. It's because of you. <laughs> it's not because of me. It's because of Joel. And then you get to you're like oh, I'm not cooking two different dinners. Thing is right. It's I, also because I made, of Rachel. Um, Rachel doesn't like um, spicy food. So we just don't really do spice in our house. I um I made birria tacos last week and I, I omitted all the chilies. I just did red pepper. That was the only chili family thing that was in the whole fucking dinner, <laughs> right? I ate these birria tacos and yeah, I was shitting through the eye of a needle. <laughs> well, for like, the red pepper. Not not that bad actually. It's just you know when your bum's a bit spicy, it's got a bit of a spice on it. Yeah, and you're just like, oof. <laughs> I get can that feel a lot because I have the but I have no some spice. crazy it fucking hot sauces sloppy, here now. It was the fact that it was sloppy food yeah. or like wet. I don't know. I don't oh. know what it is. Sloppy and wet <laughs> is just too descriptive oh. for this conversation. <laughs> if it went in that way, how is it going to come out any better? <laughs> wow, <laughs> your body's going to make it better. Yeah. It might mix it, it with reverse. like mix it with some like saved up porridge oats in there. I don't know. <laughs> right, this is disgusting, and I probably have to cut like ninety percent of everything we just said. So <laughs> it probably mix up with some saved up porridge oats. 
The body's a very intuitive works. machine. Like that's the body's a very intuitive machine. No, I love that. That's the way you think your stomach works. Like, oh, hold, hold on, hold on to that. He's gonna have a curry later. We'll mix that in yeah. so he doesn't shit through the eye of a needle. Yeah, yeah. You got to pick it back up. You <laughs> He's gotta, got like a pantry in his stomach, a porridge yeah. surplus, <laughs> <laughs> just in case. Oh yeah, it's got to happen, isn't it? <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.